Hi, and you're very welcome back to Leitrim GA podcast here on FinalWhistle.ie with myself, Breffney Early. It's been a little bit of a hiatus since our last show. It's been very, very busy here in Final Whistle Towers, but we're delighted to say we're back, and we're back for the season ahead of what promises to be a very, very exciting club season of football and hurling and ladies football over the next few months here in County Leitrim. Of course, we have the small matter of a Connacht semi-final this weekend against Galway to talk about as well. We'll be chatting to the, the manager of the Leitrim team, Andy Moran, about how his league campaign has gone, that victory in London, despite looking a bit shaky towards the end, and how he's faring out for his side's approach to the game in Pierce Stadium on Sunday afternoon. But first, I'm going to be joined by Aidan Rooney, of course, a survivor of that 1994 championship winning team and uh, also had the experience of playing against Galway in Leitrim's last appearance in a Connacht final back in 2020. Aidan joins me now. Aidan, I probably shouldn't use the word survivor to, uh, to talk about you. You're very much alive and kicking, but uh, welcome to the show. Thanks very much, Prefany. Great to be back. <laughs> yeah, I, I try and choose my terminology a little bit more carefully as we get through the next 50 minutes or so of the show. But yes, it is that kind of a, a big championship Sunday. It's maybe missing a little bit of the excitement from just anecdotally walking around. There doesn't seem to be as big a buzz ahead of this game as there would have been maybe 10 or 15, 20 years ago uh, when Leach make the trip to to. Um, to Pierce Stadium, uh, we've pre-recorded the interview with Andy. I know he pulls me up on it in the interview in terms of using the word daunting, but I'm going to maybe ask you about that. Is this a daunting task for Leitrim on Sunday, or is it something that really we can go into with a lot of hope and expectation? What's your thoughts on it so far? Um, like daunting, Breffney, is probably an understatement um, where we are at the moment. Like we we have a, we have a substantial gap um, to to bridge. Now, you can look at the game on Sunday in several ways. You know, how is Andy and the group preparing for the game? In contrast, I listen to Tony McEntee down here this week talking about, you know, the Talton Cup and how important it was now all of a sudden, you know, and getting, you know, getting ready for the Talton Cup. Um, uh, whether he was before the Roscommon game last weekend, I don't know. And um, what Andy and, and the boys' mindset is going to be going into this game, obviously you have to go with your best foot forward. You know, you have to go and, and try. And the problem with these games, I think, at this stage, for the likes of um, Leitrim, you know, is that you're probably so far away in some ways from Galway. And you 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 find it difficult to learn a lot because you really have to go with a defensive strategy to try and minimize Galway's um, effect on you. And as a result, it's very difficult to come out and play the way you might want to play you know, um, in a different circumstance. So you're kind of playing horses for courses. Galway were exceptionally good in McHale Park. You know, they're in Division 1. Um, Paulie Joyce has got the bounce that he probably looked for the year before, didn't get. He's got the bounce now. Galway won't be coming down to, to Pierce Stadium on Sunday with any other intention only of putting as much on Leitrim as they possibly can. There's, you know, there, there are times in the past maybe when Mayo weren't able to do that, you know, but Galway are very clinical. Um, it'll be a very, very difficult day at the office for Leitrim. So you're trying to quantify the balance, and I, I appreciate Andy, you know, absolutely he has to come out with his best foot forward and, and, and you know, and go positively at the game. Of course he has, but he has to have in the back of his mind too as to how he can best use the game for Leitrim's development into the Talton Cup, because the reality for for Leitrim um, and and for some of the counties in 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 Division Four in particular and Division Three as well, 
like winning the Talton Cup is probably the target for the season after the promotion in the leagues. You know, that that's probably the order of order of, of importance. To compete with Galway is a bridge too far, there's no question. No matter how loyal we are, you know, to our county, which we and we are, we still have to be being pragmatic. You know, the bridge is too far here. Like, you know, can Leitrim stay in the game for 40, 50, 40 minutes if they could, it'd be fantastic because it'd mean that you'd be getting huge value out of the game for that length of time. Um, you know, if Leitrim are out of the game before half time, if, if, if Galway hit them with soccer punches, then the game becomes less valuable because then it becomes a, a damn squid and, and, you know, the players are not getting full value out of it. Let's rewind a little bit, first of all, and, and look at the season so far and the progress. Because I think anyone who's looking in from any kind of level can look at the progress that's been made in the last six months under Andy and with this new batch of players. And even though there's a lot of familiar faces, there seems to be a kind of a new lease of life within the squad and within some of the performances. Um, what's been your take on, on the first half of the year in terms of that <coughs> league campaign and that victory in, in, in London? Even though, as I mentioned in the intro, we did make a little bit of hard work in the end. What's been your assessment of the whole situation? Well, I suppose if you've been very, very um, clinical about it, you know, our target for the year surely had to be a promotion from Division 4. That had to be the ultimate target. You know, we knew the championship draw, um, promotion from Division 4, and the game in London was a good victory. Anytime you win in London, it's a good victory. Like, let's go under and under, no illusions, particularly in the modern modern era where London are really, really up and at it. Even 30 years ago, we struggled to win on the road in London when we were going well. So London's a difficult place to go for any team. Anyone that travels is going to come up against that, you know, formidable um, kind of London scenario where you're going over to a carnival atmosphere and all that kind of stuff. But no, a good result. Good result to get a, you know, and, and, and that was important. But the more important London game was lost. It was That was the one in the league. You know, like, if that game was won, we were heading to the Marfix Park where we played quite poorly, you know, um, but we were going to Marfix Park to get promoted. And that was a completely different scenario than where we ended up going to Marfix Park and playing a game that didn't mean anything. Um, you know, from the point of view of, of of promotion and points difference. So I would argue a little bit that, you know, we were doing okay. We have a, a fresh, a fresh, a freshness about the team, certainly. There are players that have really stepped up in this league and that hadn't stepped up as much in the previous couple of seasons. Um the likes of Pierce Dolan would come to mind, for example. Dolan Rinn has found a new lease of life. You know, there are loads of players around the pitch. You know, Rooney is back flying Ryan O'Rourke. Um you know, Mark Plunkett has stepped up. You know, lots of guys have stepped up to the plate as regards they're better than where they were before this. So now the next step is, you know, how do we get this move forward again? And that's the challenge that Andy has now heading into the game in Pierce Stadium. You know, we are where we are. We've got a London victory. Unfortunately, we didn't get get promotion. Promotion would have been would have been superb and probably a, a, a great platform to grow. People say you get what you deserve in the league. You probably do. Are we ready for Division 3 yet? Um, I think we are, to be fair. You know, you see what the fluctuation up and down. You, know, you see where Cavan have gone to, you know, and us very competitive with Cavan in the first game. So I would say the quicker we get into Division 3, the better for our progression. Um, like Terry got us in there. Can Andy get, and the boys get us in there? I think they can. Can they get us in there that we stay in there and we fight and learn and stay on that pathway for a while? I think absolutely... Excuse me, I've you know it's a good, a good sign. <laughs> but if we if we can stay in there, Brefney, we then become competitive as time moves on with Galway. This is not a, a, a quick fix. It's not a case of going in and 
and he gives us a great buoyancy. And I, I know that's the case. And all of a sudden, we're competitive with Galway and Mayo. We're not. Like, we have to be, it's a long, it's a long pathway. And how long the pathway is, is very hard to determine. Is it two seasons, is it three seasons? You, you know, it's, it's a lot of work to get back up to the level where we can be competitive in a kind of championship game. I listened to some very similar comments in the Mavericks Park last week with Sligo playing Roscommon. The, the, the result was inevitable from the start. Um, although Sligo were competitive for, you know, the first half, the, res- the result was never in doubt. It was always, you know, there was no sign of it been been anything different. I think Pierce Stadium would be very similar on Sunday. And hopefully, if we're within four points of Galway on Sunday in Pierce Stadium, I'd be delighted because it means we come out in the second half competitive and going yeah. at it again. You've kind of preempted my next question, which will be, what would you deem, or what would be deemed a success in terms of that game? Because if you're saying that winning it is a is a no goal, like on our best day and Galway's worst day, can we can we cause a surprise on Sunday? No, I don't think so. I, but I think we can. I think we can if we can get into Galway, like we did with Mayo on the on the last venture in Carrick and Shannon. If we can get into them and and try and try and force the game as much as we possibly can. Like ultimately, Breffney, you know, I would say we're we're trying to learn as much as we can from these games. You know, we're not like if we go out and put up twelve men behind the ball, and we defend resolutely and try and stop goals and all that kind of stuff. That's fine. That might get us across a bit of a bridge and a bit of something, you know. But you know, are we going to learn much? And we're not going to learn much about our forward line. That's for sure. You know, we're going to learn. We have guys who can tackle and we can defend and we can do all that stuff and. The, the modern game type of stuff, but can we can we develop ourselves a bit more? I'm looking at that from the game point of view. You know, can we go toe to toe with Galway? Obviously, it's a massive challenge with the standard of player they have. You look at the Shane Walshes and you know the guys, the guys up front, Comer, you know Rob Finnerty, Oli Heaney, like like Daly, these guys are flying. You know they're top of the game and promoted back to Division One. Like they're really on top of their game. Um, when we were playing Galway in the 90s, we were in the same division. Like we were Division Two or maybe a division ahead of them. You know, we were in Division 2 at the time. So the scenarios aren't the same at the moment. You know, so to put it in context, uh, to be in, t- in touch at half time, I mean, genuinely in touch, having Galway haven't had to look at us and kind of go, how do we beat this or figure it out? Um, again, I didn't see that last Sunday in the Marfrick's Park, and I don't expect to see it this Sunday in, in Pierce Stadium because I don't think we're at that level yet where we can put Galway in a difficult position. It'd be great. Uh, Keith Byrne is obviously back. He's going to give us a huge lift, you know, from the point of view of our potency up front. If we could turn the screw on them early in the game and try and get something on the board to make them think about us, you know, a couple of points, but even, even a goal, try and, try and upset the balance a little bit. Um, you know, that's what we're looking to do. Is that possible? Yeah, absolutely it's possible. It's a game of football. You know, at the end of the day, um, like we're not going to, but the reality here is that we're going to have a momentous task ahead of us to try and be competitive for long enough to get some value out of the game. That'll be the way I see it. Um, like if we get within 10 points, is that a success? It's not really a success because we've lost with 10 points, but is that a reality? Um, possibly is, you know, um, I, again, we go on hope rather than expectation, Breffney, um, this time, but look, the, the progression here for us have to be we have to be looking at it in a, in a, in a, a long term plan type progression you know three to five year plan with this crop of players who are who are fresh they are young they are in their prime a lot of these guys are 23 24 25 years of age they're at the right age for for a longevity plan where 
you know, you can go in and you can go after this thing for several years and try and bring the level up. I think Leitrim are in a good place that way. I think there's a good age profile across the team. I know Emlyn will be laughing at me when he, when he hears this, but the profile across the team generally is pretty good. You know, it's pretty good. Like they're they're all in their mid twenties and they're all. So I think you know the Andy interjection this time is is good. Has Andy got three three to five years in him to give the lead from football? Um, hopefully he has, and you know the, the jury's out on whether you know we can make progress again. Like progress next year has to be promotion from Division Four, and it has to be you, you know a stronger footing in the Connacht Championship. Um, if we go out and be Galway on Sunday, I'll eat me hat. And and gladly without sauce, <laughs> but live on telly next week. But it's yeah, a bridge yeah. too far. But we have to be pragmatic, optimistic, but pragmatic, and we have to look at it. And can we get can we get ourselves into a really competitive? Um, and I suppose that's the question really for for the boys this week in the management team is you know, this is me talking in a pragmatic way. You don't really want the players talking pragmatically. You know, you want the players ultimately believing that they can go out and win this game, um, you know, or at least be competitive in the game. And like, we have to approach it that way, where we're going to go out and take Galway on. And I'd rather go out and take Galway on and lose by 20 than go out and try and contain Galway and set up in a really defensive, negative way and lose by 10. You know, to me, there's more learning for us in in the in the in the in the in the in the one to one battles. You know, can we have somebody that can stick with Shane Walsh? Can we have somebody to stick with Comer? You know, can we can we take these fellas on and, and find out where exactly where we are? Because there's a kind of a falseness, I think, in in the in the modern day game where you don't really know where you are. Like when you sit up defensively with lots of players back, you know, you don't know who's marking tightly, you don't know who's capable of marking tightly. You're not really learning that, um, in my opinion. You're just you're just you know closing off as many of the the, the the gates as you can to try and stop a flood coming down. I'd love to see coming out of Galway on on on, on Sunday, maybe coming out, maybe naming two or three or four or five players that say, Wow, that guy actually competed really well and you know, we have something there going forward. And that's I think where we need to be going because individually it's still an individual game end of the day. You can bring in all the tactics you want into the game, defensive strategies, all you want, but ultimately it's still the man-to-man stuff that wins games. You know, am I better than my opponent? Can I outplay my, my opponent? That's the way I look at the game if I was approaching it, and I think Leitrim people would respect that. You know, if we went at it toe to toe, the supporters would be happy. In terms of that game in London, you mentioned that Keith Burns now available after his suspension from that game in Markovitz Park. In terms of um, the confidence that would be taken by the team collectively, having got through that London challenge without his services. It's it's kind of looked like a, a one-man band for the year when you're outside the group looking in. But for anyone who's been to games, it's been very much a, a team performance and every single good performance we've had this season. How much confidence can, can the team really build from having got through that challenge without the talisman up front and others like Ryan O'Rourke stepping up into the, the, the player that yeah, we well, to well, a guy who we, we probably would have had, we would ridiculed over the last number of years in certain ways would be Donald Rin. Like, for example, sake, like we would have, you know, talked about Donald's fitness hey, level. He's bigger than me. I never ridiculed him. You, you can, <laughs> I leave that one with you. And his, and his work rate and so on and so forth. But to be fair to Donald Rin, like he's turned a corner this year and, and he scored 1-3 in London from midfield. You, you know, Pierce Dolan came in with three points from midfield. You know, we, we scored 1-6 out of the middle of the field in London. Um, you know, that's a huge testament to where we're trying to go. You know, when you're getting midfielders that are pushing that up hard up the field, getting on the end of scores and creating scoring chances, like Ryan O'Rourke with his 2-2 and Darryl with two points. Like, we do have potency up front. There's no question about that. Like, we have seen our forward line over the last couple of years 
developing into a into a pretty important unit as regards what we can what we can do. Um, obviously these guys are pivotal to us going forward. Mark Plunkett, you know, Mark's work rate and Mark's power and Mark's Mark's power running. These things are all kind of set now in the right in the right place. You know, to at least move forward. You know, back in the day, I remember Peter Carr roaring at us in Ballinamore in the early nineties that we were now fit enough to get fit. Um, it didn't impress us really when you're on your hands and knees above in St. Phelan's and Ballon Moor trying to find your next breath. But the reality was that's kind of where we are now. We're like we're, we're fit enough to get fit and 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 go after you know the next part of this this plan. I know some of the panel are probably at a stage in their careers when they're looking at it, kind of going, "Do I have any more to give?" But I think the majority of the panel is at an age where they're fresh. And they're ready, you know, hopefully they're ready to go on and, 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 and keep going. Like, I don't look at this as a one-game scenario, Galway and Sunday. Galway will be whatever it is. If we go down to Galway and we perform well and get the best out of ourselves, that's the most we can hope for. Where that brings us as regards to results, I don't think it'll bring us a result. But if it brings us a performance and something that we can look back and look forward with looking back on it and say, yeah, we did well in this position, that position, we fought well in these positions. Like, if I was Donald and um, Pierce Dolan on Sunday, wouldn't you love to win against... Conroy and Tierney and and come out saying yeah, like we did well here. You know we did well. You know look at the man to man battles like can John Daly, Mark Plunkett. You know is Pierce going to win on Sean Kelly? You know or is um, sorry, Keith Byrne going to win on Sean Kelly? You know at, at full back and can we match up to these guys? And I think we can. I think individually talent wise, there's no player in that squad would say that he's below a Galway player. But ultimately as a group and you know the collective, I suppose fitness levels and the collective you know drive of a division one team versus a division four team that's the gap we're talking about so i'm not convinced the gap's as big as people think nowadays but you know the players have to believe that too and i suppose you'd be hoping that we can go after it as a group and that we haven't thrown the towel in mentally as a group that we're kind of going out you know trying to get the best out of ourselves and learn going forward because really it's a learning curve and the faster we can get up it the better for us yeah, and quickly before we finish wrap this part of the show, but um, if things go as you predict on on Sunday and, and we come out of Pierce Stadium with a defeat, it's the Charlton Cup for us for the rest of the summer in terms of our county scene. Um, can we give that a good crack? Is there a semi final or a final opportunity there for us? There's some big name teams in there, the likes of Down and Cavan. As you mentioned, we've been, we've managed to on a one off basis individual games over the last year or two. We've We've put it up to both those sides, Derry in there as well, possibly. Um, what's your th- your thoughts on that? Well, I think I think we absolutely we can. Like we'd be hoping against hope that Cavan can take Donegal out on Sunday and we get rid of Cavan out of the Talton Cup. You know, um but I think I think absolutely semi-final of the Talton Cup is, is a realistic target, you know, to get in there like down down excuse the pun or on a downward spiral. You know what I mean? We're looking at teams that you know we've competed well this year. Um, with Cavan, you know, who have gone on and I suppose cantered out of the group, really. You know, we've gone to Tipperary and we won. You know, we went down there and we showed a real clean pair of heels, you know, and like we've, you know, we, we, we know we can compete with these teams, you know. So I think absolutely the Talton Cup is there for a reason, Breffney. And I think, you know, it's taken a little bit of a knock going to the Saturday of an Ireland final weekend, I suppose, as regards its, its, its position. The GA need to be very careful how they sell this competition. Um, I think, you know, Fergal, Fergal and the guys in Crow Park are very aware of how this has to be sold. You know, we can't let this fail, this Talton Cup fail. You know, the RMB failed, Tommy Murphy failed. You know, these have all failed as as examples of, of, of what we're trying to do to give everybody competitive championship football through the summer, or at least for half the summer nowadays. But I think the Talton Cup has, has to succeed. 
there has to be a massive um, push from the GA to make sure it succeeds because if it doesn't succeed, we're going to fall back into this noose again. Um, it does make the leagues more competitive. It does give them that edge where promotion does get you a reward other than a promoted in the league. So I think, yeah, we can answer your question. We can be competitive. Of course we can. Um, a semi-final berth, absolutely. Of course, it's, of course it's a reality. Like you're looking at three rounds. You know, it's the same as any championship in your in your club scenario. You know, you're not looking at, and you're looking at games that you can win. And like, great to get a, a team in Division 3. Um, great for your focus. Great for, you know, you're, you're missing the teams you've played all year. You know, play one of the teams, a uh, division above you and see, you know, can you compete? Or like, we're all looking at teams, Brefney. There's teams in Division 2 we would seriously consider we could compete with. You know, so like, there are bridges, but, you know, we have to target the best one we can get across as quickly as possible. Yeah, I think absolutely we should be looking at at least a semi-final of a Talisman Cup is a reality. But again, again, I know we're moving on to the next part of the show and we talk about club football. It depends where the mindsets are with this. You know, yeah. what's the mindset out of, out of Salt Hill on Sunday if things don't go according to plan, if we don't win in Salt Hill sun, Sunday? Uh, is there a kind of a down tools mentality within the group as regards, let's get back to the clubs, let's get back to the club championship. You know, that's really the gray area where you don't know how counties are setting up um, within their within their own groups. You know, what are they targeting as their, as their kind of targets for the championship, you know? Is it a realistic target of, yeah, let's give the championship a crack and then let's deal with the Talton Cup when it comes? Um, but I don't know how that's been approached in in, in, in Sligo and certainly I don't know in Leitrim how it's been approached as regards what the players and the management are actually targeting as the realistic targets for the season. So that's all to play with. But I think, yeah, answer your question, Talton Cup, of course it has to be a, um, a target for the Saturday for the all and final. It is a great advent and it is a great, um, imagine going up there to play Cavan in a Talton Cup final um, in Crow Park. Wouldn't that be ideal? You know, we were there oh, dirty a couple of years ago. You know, I, so. I, I take it now if you're offering it to me, it'd be absolutely fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. Aiden, we'll talk to you about the club scene, as you mentioned, in, in a couple of minutes. But first, let's hear from the, the man of the hour, Andy Moore, and of course, sat down with me uh, late last week to have a conversation about his thoughts on the, the six months in the job so far and how he thinks ahead of the clash in Salt Hill on Sunday. Andy Moran, Leitrim manager. It's been a while since we spoke to you, but it's been a, an eventful couple of months through the, the National League. We can talk, I suppose, a little bit over the next 10 or 12 minutes or so about maybe uh, conceding home advantage to, to London, the, the defeat to Sligo, some of the big wins we had, some of the really good wins down in Waterford and Tipperary in particular uh, come to mind in terms of some of the performances. But I suppose the first question I have for you tonight is uh, how are you finding it? How have the last, uh, I suppose, five or six months as Leitrim manager been? Yeah, we love it. Um, I can say that without hesitation, to be honest with you. It's been brilliant. We've John, we've carried a panel of 39 there throughout the, the course of the league and reduced it to 36 there over the last couple of weeks. And it's just been the response. I think both myself and, and Brendan have got with the under-20s, myself and the lads with the, the seniors, has been amazing. And to see the centre of excellence, Nana Duff there with, what, the guts of 60 players out training um, over the course of the winter. Um, I think it's been a huge, huge success uh, for Leitrim J.A., a huge success for ourselves as a management team. But I think in general, from what we came into over the last, over the what we've been told has been happening over the last couple of years in terms of players' participation and stuff like that, I think the first goal 
of 2022 was to get players enjoying their football, get pe people playing and getting people to want to wear the jersey of Leitrim. And I, I think both on the under-20 side and the senior side, we've, we've succeeded in that. Let's start with the positives. I mentioned two of the games. Obviously, there were, I think, four victories uh, during that league campaign. Uh, some that we might not normally be expected to get results from Farfield, particularly as one difficult location to get it two points home in the bag from. Um, from yourself, what's been the highlights for you? Obviously, the London result as well. We, we kind of made it hard for ourselves, but in Leitrim, we like doing that. But at the same time, there's been some really good successes. What for you has been the highlight of the, the last couple of months on the field? The amount of players that have got played in Breffney. Um, you look through us uh, with Darren Maxwell, met his debut, championship debut last week. But even going away from that, you have the likes of Jack Heslin, who haven't played since 19, Donald Casey didn't play last year. Um, and guys like that, the Cullens back playing for, for Leitrim. Um, I think it's just been huge in terms of just the, the amount of players that have played, the amount of players that want to play. Of course, when you haven't played inter-county football since 2019, it takes a long period of time to get that body of work together to get to the level that you need to get to. And there's a, guy, a couple of guys there that need a bit of work and you'll see the best of them in 2023. But the amount of work these guys have done since last jump from whenever we started training it has just been enormous. And I think it's paying off now. I think you, you can see the, the moments of brilliance, Joe, even the likes of Mulligan coming back in who hasn't, hasn't played for the last two seasons back into the squad and what he added to the squad last week when he came on against London. Um, what Jack Heslin can do when he when he's at that pump when he when he's really playing well, the likes of uh, Donny Flynn, the way he's played over the last couple of, uh, couple of games, Ryan O'Rourke hadn't played for the last year or two for Leitrim as well. It took him a while to get going, but now look what he's doing. Scored his first goals in Championship football last week. Um, so there's so many benefit. There's so many uh, uh, success stories over the course of the league. I think it's. I think it's been unreal. And even when you see the competition that's going on for the goalkeeping position between Benny and, and Darren, um, we've competition right throughout the pitch. And I, I think that's just amazing. You mentioned that particular position. And I suppose uh, coming out of the London game, uh, there was a mistake in the London game. Then the change the following week. Was that down to just seeing what Darren could offer? Or, or what was the thinking when he actually made that decision? No, I think the three... The two keepers played three and a half games each throughout the course of the seven games in the National League. It was simple as that. Fair enough, very different. I think the two guys did very well. I think Darren was probably nearly man of the match in the county final last year, uh, barred the, the excellence of Keith. Um, I think Darren was probably man of the match outside Keith. I think he pulled off a great save to his left hand side. Benny's been a great keeper for Leitrim over the course of many years. Um, I think the three, the two of them played three and a half games, and it was just it was a really, really tough decision for us last week against uh, against London, and uh, we went with Darren. Uh, we could have easily went with Benny, and I think the two of them kind of done done really well. Yes, of course, keepers. Yeah, like I come from Mayo, there's been many talk about keepers throughout the years in Mayo, and it, like a forward makes a mistake high up the field and it ends up in a goal down the other side of the field and no one mentions the forward. The keeper makes a mistake and ends up in goal. People mention the keepers. Keepers are going to make mistakes and um, Darren didn't have a flawless game last week, did very well. And I don't think I don't think any keepers had a flawless game throughout the course of, of, of a season. And uh, I think the two of them were growing really well. The competition was really good against it with each other. Young Flood done really well in the 20s game. Um, they're, 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 they're two weeks ago, three weeks ago against Mayo. I think it's a it's a position where, where Leitrim can grow in the next couple of years. And uh, 
I think Benny has led the line really well and I think the boys are doing really well and when there's competition I think that's when people play really really well and uh, that's what we need to keep happening throughout the course of the squad You've kind of preempted my next question because I was going to ask you about how important it is to have that competition uh, for every single position on the pitch because obviously positions are a lot more liquid than they might have been maybe 15, 20 years ago uh, so a cornerback doesn't necessarily stay a cornerback for, for 70 minutes but but to have that kind of the range of abilities and the range of, of talent right down, not just 1 to 15, but 1 to 26, 1 to 27, 1 to 36 in, in the squad? I think it's important. I think when you're in your first year as well, you have to, I think we made four changes, maybe four or five changes every league game right throughout, right throughout the course of the league. And the reason for that is that there's no point us just seeing 17 players, 18 players throughout the course of the league. I think we had to see a wide variety of players and, and we did that, you know, uh, right from the, the old guard like Shane Moore and Shane Quinn and these guys who have been here for many years, to, of course, Paddy Maguire's, Conor Reynolds, right throughout the, the, the reintroduced fellas, the likes of Conor Cullen that took a bit longer to get to get fit but played the, la the last few league games. You know, right throughout them guys, it was very important that we've seen a range of players and... Uh, that creates competition. Um, of course, at least some fellas disappointed because they really want to play a run of games. As, as, as a player myself, like you want to play the seven league games. But when a manager is in and a management team are in for the first year, and especially guys coming from the outside of Leitrim that don't know the history of the players, I wouldn't know the players as well as other team, as other people in Leitrim. We had to see players in pressure situations, and we did. And like you look at the way Connor Farrell did when he came in really well, you look at the way Kieran Cullen did when he came in really well, and you look at all these guys did really good jobs throughout the course of the league. And um, it gives us something to really think about going into the London game and then now going into the Galway game, which is a completely different game. Yeah, you mentioned uh, the impact Emlyn made in London last week uh, at the end. I know he was involved in the early build-up for that goal that, that Ryan got in injury time, which took the pressure off game. The game was, was won at that stage once we held on to possession, but to get that goal and wrap it up and just put it to bed was, was a nice move. Emlyn involved, but also uh, that dart and run from a man named a full-back to start the game, Donald Casey. He made two or three of those in the last few moments of the game, uh, with Ryan, little interchanges like that. How important is it to players like that? David Boone has done similar as well. Um, and we see players dropping back and having that impact from, from wing back when they've been named the full forward, like Ryan O'Rourke in earlier rounds of the, of the league. How important is it to have that kind of fluidity within the squad of players who can play pretty much up and down the field wherever you put them? Yeah, I think we, we give ourselves a hard time in Leitrim at, at times that we don't do this, we don't do that, do that. But some of the players that have been produced that are in this team now, um, are of the highest order. I think the, the clubs like Fina, the clubs like Leitrim Gales, and all these clubs, Mohill, Balnamore, should take huge pride in the, the footballers that they've produced. It's now our job to make them into county footballers and consistent county footballers over the course of one to two to three years. That That's what we're trying to do. But Casey's is an exceptional player. Ryan O'Rourke is an exceptional player. And there's many more throughout throughout the, the course of the of the Leitrim team and Emlyn being the oldest person on the team has been the highest scorer for us for, for how many years um, it was funny to see them three guys within it so it's it's yes there's always a handing over of the guard but these young guys coming through um, have really really strong kind of a base of talent and it's up to us now to kind of uh, push them on to the next to the next phase of their career over the next three years
There's so many other little things I want to talk to you about while I have you just before we get on to the, the, the remainder of the championship campaign. Stuff like um, the decision for, to play the Tipperary game the night before the Sligo fixture, it, it just created that imbalance in terms of a competitive fairness and our own promotion hopes. Any thoughts on that, even looking back at it now, right decision, wrong decision, or do you even want to comment uh, on that? It, was, it was a horrible decision, if I'm being honest with you. But, like, so, like... I, I think the famous statement is, is you only only can control what's in front of you. Um, in a way, were Tipperary always going to win that game? They probably were. Like you're on about promotion. When we talked earlier on, Cavan and Tip were the favourites to get promoted. And in fairness to Tipperary, they drew a Waterford, lost to ourselves, and they won five games on the bounce. So that's promotion form. And what it did give us, we, we took the benefit out of it. Myself and Mike Zola were lucky enough then to be able to get to Thurless, watch the game against London. Um, and, you know, we, we got to see London in the flesh. So Tipperary were probably always going to win that game, even if it was on the Sunday. We were very put out by it at the time, I have to be honest. We, we thought, how has this been allowed to happen? But on the plus side, we got to Tipperary. We've seen the game. We're in Clonus. We've seen London up front, live in front of us. You seen what they were doing, what they were trying to, do, and it probably helped us come into the championship. So, listen, it was, I, I didn't think it was the right decision at the time, but in hindsight, it probably helped us a tiny bit. Let's talk about the London game. Great trip. It always kind of get really creates huge excitement in the county, almost in camp in Cricklewood for the weekend. For for most people, how much of that are the team and yourself aware of? Obviously, not being from Leitrim, you wouldn't necessarily know the the traditions that Leitrim supporters would have gone over. Do the team get involved in that or are they very much in their own little bubble just focusing on the game and then after the game cut loose for a couple hours? Yeah, so our hotel selection, uh, firstly, briefly, is, uh, is is planned because we couldn't be, I don't think, in more of Cricklewood the, 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 the night before the game. You know, So, of course, you're aware of it. You are planned with the Tr- McGovern Park, all that. And we used it. I have to say we used it. Uh, we, we were kind of stating that this was a home game for us. Um, even though we're in London, like the, the majority of the fans there were from from Leitrim, uh, like the atmosphere going down the stretch. Like when we went to eight points up, the atmosphere was unbelievable. You could feel the Leitrim fans. It probably got to us a tiny bit. I'm not saying we choked or anything like that. We probably played too exuberant then and we just let the shackles off. And then all of a sudden we, we lost our way a tiny bit and London started coming back. But then when Ryan and Casey break and Emlyn and James Rooney hit that crossfield ball. You could feel the Leitrim fans getting behind us again. So we definitely did use the atmosphere. The Leitrim people have been over in London. And we, we we took it as a home game. That's the way we phrased the game to the boys. And uh, you, you could feel that right throughout the game. In terms of the actual game, and particularly those last 10 or 12 minutes when, as you mentioned, we went from eight points down to, to just being that single point up with them having chances to score that they failed to take. What was going through your own head in those last maybe four or five minutes, the last three and, and the couple of minutes of injury time before the Ryan O'Rourke goal. Um, still confident? Because I know those people in the crowd that maybe mightn't have been. Ah, no, you're never... Like, like it's one thing being a player and I only, I've only ever experienced this as a player side of it. Like, I was never more helpless. You're helpless in that situation. You, you set the team out. They've done a really good job and all of a sudden you're under the caution. Joe, we, we, we got the brainwave wherever it came from. It wasn't a moment of uh, genius from any of the management team or anything like that. It was just Emlyn was standing there in us and we, we, we thought we needed someone to come in and calm the game down. 
and Mugji came in and, and did that to us and managed the game for us. And you were saying they got chances. They did, briefly. They got chances, but they were tough chances. Our team never, the boys never, they, ne they never panicked. They never got into a situation where they fouled or they gave a free shot from the top of the D. They kept them wide. Um, Quinner did a really good job pushing them wide, getting, and uh, he didn't get two blocks in, but he was there under under the block twice. And even when we got the break, James Rooney hits a crossfield ball. We held the ball for five or six passes. Rooney hits a crossfield ball to Mulligan, and all of a sudden it's Mulligan, Casey, Ryan O'Rourke attacking them, and we go away. So, yes, I'm not. I'm not saying I was utterly confident. I absolutely was not. But I was very proud of the way the lads never panicked, never give away a foul. Something we've worked on. And, and like the ref was keen on giving fouls to London at the time, I think we we only got one scoreable free for the game, and London got eight to ten. Um, didn't didn't give him the opportunity to give that foul, and that takes composure. And I think the boys showed that uh, with Donny, Rain, Pierce, Shane Quinn around that area. Um, I th I think the short did really well in that situation. Yeah, I won't ask you about the referee and performance because I don't want you to get in trouble. Because I think uh, any sane person watching the game would have had questions about maybe some of the decisions that were made. I'm not going to ask you to, to vocalise that. So uh, I don't want to get any fines or any suspensions uh, for anything you might say. But in terms of, I suppose, what's next, we looked at um, the, the game and now we face into a Galway appearance over in Pierce Stadium. Um, not maybe who we might have expected or I suppose from people from your neck of the woods who would have been expecting us to be facing. Uh, people were talking about Mayo and Carrick. A go away, not altogether surprising. Pip them at the end, and uh, we now find ourselves in a situation where we've got a, a daunting task to over to Pierce Stadium next next Sunday afternoon. How are you? How are you feeling about it? No, it, it's um, yeah, like it's it's. I think we all left themselves in a really tricky situation after the league final. Um, I'd been there in two thousand and ten, where you get to a league final and you don't perform and you're bet, and then you have a few doubts about yourself and. Galway really exposed that and went after it, went after it. And when we all started to play at the end, you could see the gaps opening up. But I think Galway did a really good job. I think Keane O'Neill has been a huge addition to them. We we had Keane in 2012 with Mayo, massive addition to our squad, the professionalism he brought, and, and away he goes. But you mentioned the word daunting. Um, why would you say daunting, Brettley, if you don't mind me turning the interview on you? Purely basically on history. Uh, I've been in Pierre Stadium when Leitrim have walked out of there beaten at halftime and and it's it's it can be daunting to, to the thought of going back for a lot of Leitrim supporters and uh, there's been many many days there there's been some good days particularly in tune back in the, in the mid 90s and and it, uh, later on as well I suppose a couple of times but um it's for fans coming in maybe not directly involved with the team there's some unhappy memories over the years no and I think I, I think that's fair but I, I do think we would like like this is not we're not going into Galway saying we'll do this we'll do that we'll do the other but we have done really well on the road um we're really excited we can't control what Galway do if if Galway come out and they they absolutely play to the highest level uh fair play to them but all we can kind of control is what we're going to do and how we're going to play um how we're going to train leading up to that and um that's what we're doing and like it's it's um We'll go away. We'll do our normal stuff. We've we've had huge support from the county board, and again, um, they, they they've supported us. And we'll go up and we we'll do our normal routine, and we'll we'll go get a pre-match meal. We'll we'll see Salt Hill. We'll we'll um we'll examine the pitch, and uh, we'll go in and do our thing. And 
all we can really do as Leitrim people is go in and play our best game. That's all we can do. And if they, if that's good enough and our tactics and we've done our job as a management team and that gives us a chance, that's great. I, the whole daunting thing, it's excitement, I, I would say. Um, the excitement for this young team to go and see how far they can go in their careers over the next three, four years. And uh, what an opportunity to go and, uh, go and do that against the Galway team who's just after Pippen, probably the, the number two team in the league in, in Division One. And uh, we've got an opportunity to go up and kind of test ourselves against them, which is an exciting opportunity for me. In terms of that game against Galway, obviously Keith Byrne comes back into the options for selection after his suspension. Thoughts on the suspension? Can I, can I pass on a question? <laughs> um, we, we'll, we'll refer back to the referee in discussion earlier. No, it, 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 it was frustrating. It was absolutely frustrating. But but then on the other side of it, it gave other fellas opportunities. We played we played Donald in the edge of the square um, and we got 3-7 off our full forward line over in London, you know. So, um, like for Keith, it was, like he, it was just... Um, Joe, I felt for him. I felt for him. Mm. I have to say, I felt for him. I thought it was... I think we're the only one that didn't get away with a suspension. I think in the in the last couple of weeks, and um, it is what it is. Uh, we'll say no more about it. But listen, these things happen. We fought as far as hard as we could fight to get it off. Um, it didn't happen, and the boys went out and reacted really well to it. Um, but for Keith, it was, it's a championship game that he missed um, for nothing really, to be honest. But that's that's neither here or there. That's for, not for me and you to prove or disprove now at this stage. Yeah, the so I was just looking forward to the, the game next week. What can you tell us about selection? Anyone not available or anyone on the injured list that may or may not be involved in the? Or how much can you tell us? Or ah, no, we we Fergal, Shane, Doctor Allen, like they've done such a remarkable job. Dahi McCabe on the on the SNC. We're we're so fortunate. Like we've thirty six fit players. Um, it's it's um still a guy a couple of guys carrying knocks from London. Absolutely, like he's seen that game. That was a tough game. The speed that game was played at, even the London boys after the game said they've never played a game with such pace. Um, so it was a real high octane game on a, and I don't know if anyone hasn't been in McGovern Park in, in London because we probably haven't because of COVID and everything. But what a surface! Like the stress, it's Crow Park surface. So the game was played at such a speed, like at an enormous speed. So there's still a few guys carrying small knocks from there, but nothing that'll put them out of the game. Um, but no, no, we've a full squad. The medical team have done such a good job. Um, as I said, the county board have invested in the team in terms of really putting stuff behind it and it's really paid off with the amount of fellas we've had available to us select every week. And it's given us huge edicts on the 15, the 26, um, every week so far in the National League and the Championship. Yeah, no, you mentioned McGovern Park. It's my first time there in, I think, 10 years since the last time we were over in the Championship. Uh, unbelievable... Uh, Unbelievable work done in the place in the last couple of years. It really it's a credit to the, the GA community over there in London. How much of it, how much time did you get to spend there after the game? Did you get a chance to kind of let the air down at all and socialise, or was it all just back to the bus, back to no the guy the, the a lot of the guys stayed on for a night. Um I, I had a good night. We we management team and a couple of players and, and backroom team and county board came home. Um but it was it was it was lo- like it was one of those ones, Breffage. You know, you're in you're in the marquee after the game, and you're like you're disgusted. You're not staying, but then you're in the airport on the way home. And you're de- you're delighted yeah. you're going home. So yeah. it was uh, it was one of those ones for me. But it was um, yeah. Listen, some good friends over there. We 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 have connections with the Charles Club over there. Obviously, Michael's brother, Michael Solon's brother, Barry's over there with Arsenal. Um, 
and like you know we've, we've connections there and it, it was great to kind of see people and it would be nice to stay but we had made the choice to come home at that stage yeah and final question i suppose and it's a bit a little bit left field but you mentioned the under 20s and, and brendan's uh, team that he's been bringing through over the last two or three seasons or so at that level um they put up a really impressive performance against Mayo a couple of weeks ago in Carrick and Shannon. Ended up by a point, but probably unfair um, reflection of the game, really, if the truth be told, no more than the, the London results um, in terms of how the game was played. Uh, Leitrim scored a couple of uh, late ferry points to kind of close that gap to a single point. But um, anyone impress you from that squad? I know Shane Moran's younger brother came on as a, um, as a sub late in the game, and I thought he was hugely impactful in that match. But there's some other really nice players on view. Anyone from that squad are how much how aware of you are of the players that are coming through that might break into your own squad in the next season or two? Yeah, but it's great to have Barry and James there. Really. Me and James were, were in at the game where, where Mike and uh, Barry went, uh, stayed out in Anaduff just getting prepared for training. So myself and James set up the session, shot into Pork Sean, watched the first half. And like we thought we were in the game six two down, you know, we like we were, we were thinking we you know, like the Leitrim could kind of me saying we, but Leitrim could push on, you know. And uh, just for anyone listening, I was saying we for Leitrim, not for for Mayo there. So, uh, but we 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 could push on and really challenge for it. And it was kind of I know Mayo opened up a big gap, but there was an area there where there was no surprise to us when we when we were here when the guys were filling the results while the training was going on, and the guys were filling in the result that Leitrim were coming back here because when we were in the game, we could see. That there was progress being made right throughout it, and I think Brendan set up the uh, set up the team really well. Uh, a few people shocked that Joe McKernan was playing centre half back. Um, excellent, excellent performance. Really, really strong player. Um, has done a few sessions with us since. Um, so what we're going to do, Brefney, over the next couple of weeks and months, and what we've done all year with Benny is that those players, those players training with us all throughout before the twenty started. So Brendan, Benny Guckian was bringing guys in with us. So we might have five or six on a Wednesday night training, training with us. Um, and then they'd go to the under-20s. And since then, we've had, we, on the Wednesday nights, we bring in four or five of the young fellas as well, just to get a bit of training going as well. So it's uh, a lot of guys stood out, I, I think, more so than than you think. You look at John Clancy at, at full-back, Singleton beside him. Do you know? But my my thing is, for Leitrim, and, and sorry for over-talking it, but it, it the, you can compete if you believe you can compete. And in that 20s game, and I know Brendan was really trying to get it into them, that we can go and challenge Mayo here. Do you know? And it wasn't until the last 10, 15 that the players really started believing it, you know? Um, and for me, that's the key thing. That's the key thing for Sunday. That if we don't believe we can go and challenge, there's no point of us being there. To me, it's a, a Connacht semi-final. We're playing a, re a really, really strong opponent. But... We have to believe the strength we have within ourselves as well. And it's it's about going up there, putting up your best performance, hoping Galway slightly off, of course, uh, hoping Galway slightly off, and then going down the stretch and ha having a, a right cut at it. And, of course, improving from where we were last year against Mio. But, yeah, but in the, in the back of your mind, if the opportunity does await, why not? Absolutely. I'm glad you mentioned uh, Joe McKernan because I thought he was probably the standout player on, on both sides 
uh, over the 60 minutes or so. He scored some lovely points and he just seemed to dominate the game from centre-back, which was great. Listen, Andy, we've overstayed our welcome. Thank you so much for giving us your time to have a chat with us. The very, very best of luck against Galway and whatever the season continues, whether that's in the Connacht final, uh, fingers crossed, or the Talton Cup, whichever way we end up uh, going from next Sunday. So uh, the very best of luck. Thanks for making yourself available to chat to us. Thanks, guys. And, of course, we want to wish Andy and the side the very, very best of luck in Pierce Stadium on Sunday afternoon. Of course, in terms of the county scene, we've also uh, seen the ladies qualify for the Connacht Junior Intermediate Final in a couple of weeks' time. More details on that on their social medias as the next couple of weeks play out. But they've had a, a fairly resounding success to their championship so far. Wins over Sligo and Roscommon. Defeat to Clare, who, of course compete in the Connacht Championship this year as there's no other teams in Munster, but they're not eligible to take part in that competition uh, or at least the final of that competition so despite topping the group, they will uh, sit out the final and it will be Mutual and Roscommon, I think in seven or eight days time, over, not this weekend the weekend after, uh, more details to be confirmed on that in due course and of course their championship kicks off rather soon as well at, at All-Ireland level after that. Now uh, we're going to take a look at the club scene for about 10 or 15 minutes we're going to take a look through each of the clubs in the county and maybe how they're faring out this year the spring leagues of course Aiden they're currently in uh, in, in situ there we've played four rounds of those competitions uh, you can't really read too much into it though because we're playing them without county players so anyone involved with the hurlers the senior football team or the under 20s ha have missed a, a lot of that action and and you've you see a very wrong side of teams. I know Fina struggled in that in that competition last year. They won't struggle, and they're struggling again this year with so many players involved at those levels, as we talked about. So you can't really read too much into that. But we do have a, a look at the managers across the clubs, and of course yourself involved in the club scene in Sligo this year. Not involved in the club scene at all this year yourself. No, no, I'm involved under 17 now in St Mary's, and that's happy out. So lots of time for busy. looking. Time for looking around myself and and uh, looking at games. I'm looking at games now. I, I think more often than if I was managing a team. So, well, there's a lot it's to be great. Said um, it's, it's it's no, it's it's a busy. To be honest, Bethany, I suppose in, in relation to the club scene, before we start, like we're, we're lucky that we have a normal year. You know, we're back in after two horrendously difficult years for everything, obviously, but in a sporting context, nearly impossible. To, to, to get anything done as regards, you know, structure in your club training or so at least this year with the with the COVID obviously hopefully gone, with the new structures, now clubs have a much better window of opportunity here. I know people are saying, you know, that um this spring leagues and you're without county players Sure, that's great. That means managers are getting a chance now to blood and train everybody in their squad that has a chance, any chance of playing adult senior football for the senior, for whatever level you're at, of playing in the adult senior team in the club. Um, you're getting a chance to see everybody. So it's great. Um, I think most managers are very, very happy with the way they're progressing as regards, you know, they're seeing everybody, they're getting training done, the county players have been looked after you know, um, whatever code they're in. And it means for the sake of club championship and from my experience of Sligo in the last three years with St. Mary's, you know, if I had that, I would have been delighted because you only got players back for championship last year at the last minute and, you know, injuries and all kinds of stuff and not have them trained together, not have them play together. That this year is, 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 is not going to be the case. So managers are going to get their players back regardless how they go in the, in the hurling or the football. 
you're going to them back by July at the very, very latest. Um, most cases will be back long before that. So you're going to have a proper two, two and a half months with all your players available to you um, with no other distractions. County is gone. Um, so you have a full window of opportunity for preparation through your leagues into your championship, which I think most managers would be delighted with because, you know, particularly the, the managers that have a lot of players in county hurling and football um, and under 20 in particular, they'll be, they'll be over the moon that, that, that length, of, length of time to prepare their teams. Um, and I think for the club season, it's probably long enough. You know, some managers who are in new are probably trying to get things going since January and fitness levels and that stuff is difficult in a new job. But managers who are incumbent and there for a while are probably looking at it kind of going, yeah, we can probably kick off this in February, March, give the players, you know. And it shortens the season a little bit for club players. Because sometimes I know that club player, club season, um, starting in January in, in the poor conditions, training and going right through to maybe some clubs October. It's a long season and players. So look, I think it's all positive this year, Breffney. I think the clubs are going to get a big bounce from this um, you know, new system, um, getting their players back and hopefully all back fit. Uh, that's the, every manager now has fingers crossed to everywhere that this these championship games and these Talisman Cup games don't cause any injuries and so on and so forth and get them all back fit and then you have a great two, two and a half months preparation for championship. Sure, it's Absolutely. ideal for clubs. Absolutely. And I suppose uh, no more than yourself, it's been all changed here in County Leitrim for a lot of the clubs. And we're looking at the, the senior championship semi-finalists last year, no less than three of them, including both finalists, have a new man at the helm of both sides. We might as well start with the champions. And that, of course, is uh, Valdemar, Shauna Heslins. A new man, but not that new either. Eddie Bubuabsi, and I apologize if I butchered your name, Eddie. Um, he's been in the in that team with, uh, with Dom Corrigan for the last three years. Of course, champions last year. He now takes the helm this year. He's an experienced man. He spent uh, a decade with Westmead as a, a GPA. He's now in uh, St. Olaf's in, in Dublin uh, in that same role. And uh, he, he brings a lot of different types of experience to that role. It, a lot of people well regard him down in Ballinamore. What's your thoughts on, on that kind of addition to, to the coaching ticket in, uh, in Ballinamore? Well, Ballinamore, I suppose, um, put a lot of effort into winning their championship, um, to be fair to them. You know, uh, they've been knocking on the door for several years. And I think we had a couple of run-ins with them in championship back in, you know, 16, 17 around that time and then they knocked again hard in 19 and they were beaten again and you know but they kept they kept at it and Dominic Corrigan came in and, and put in three years as it was of extensive work um in the club and you know it's in in some ways I'm thinking I'm glad I'm glad for Leitrim football that it paid off last year for Ballinamore. You know it would have been an awful damn squid for Dom Corrigan if that whole ball had gone in the net and and and, and Ballinamore hadn't to win their county championship. It would have been you know, it would have been tough to take for Ballinamore. But the fact that they've got their win now, and they're impressive in the county final, you know, they they, they really took control of the game um, when it was coughed back up to them. They took control of it and they pushed Mohol, you know, they really pushed them back on their feet and like, deserved their win in the end. Um, Ballinamore to repeat again, that's the big question. Um, obviously, there's a massive move in Mohol this year. Um, they've had two very, very successful Longford men in charge before this as regards Porrigan Liam. Um now they've Eamon O'Hara in. Um it's an interesting it's an interesting uh, turn of events for all of us <laughs> uh, in uh, on, on this side of the border in Sligo to see um what Eamon is going to do and what he's going to get in Mohol this year when he goes up. Um obviously a very, very talented bunch of players. 
um, will be very, very stung from last year. Um, we'll have an awful lot of things to prove and get, get sorted themselves this year. So I think we spoke to Danny Beck here on the show, I think, last year. And Danny Beck would have talked about the volume of players they have in Mohol and the volume of, of, of interest and guys playing adult football and their training sessions. It's a, that's great. Now, Eamon will have to take his experiences, you know, um, and try and get Mohol. Like, if you're a betting man, you're probably, Mohol are probably odds on to win the championship, you know. So... From M. O'Hara's point of view, taking a job where the team is odds on to win is it's it's a difficult enough job to take on when you're when you're nearly you know more than Pep Guardiola or any of the top managers in the soccer when you're when you have the squad and you have the resources and you're expected to win well where else can you go only win um, so from Balnamore's point of view you know they're going to have a real challenge you know Mohol are going to come back all guns blazing and then you're looking at the rest of the teams. You know, through the county the last couple of years, thanks to the Carricks. Well, let's know. talk about Carrick when you mention them because they made the semi final last year, the final year before. Um, they've changed the, the, the boss as well. There, uh, I know a very popular man around Carrick, uh, pleasant to work with when, when we were there last year in Dennis Connerton. Uh, they've made a new appointment this year. They've brought in a, a Galway influence this season. A, Alan Flynn, formerly of Tomb Stars. Uh, again, I've spoken to Gene Bohan about him. Gene's in there with the backroom team with him. And and it seems to be very positive in the early stages in terms of the vibes that are coming out of that club as well. So they have a very bright young team coming through too. Could we see them challenge for a championship this year? I I, I suspect they could. Um, I wouldn't be as confident as I would have been the year before with them when they came on the big bounce first. Last year, I think they underperformed. You know, they didn't. You know, there was some ruffling in the camp the year before, and I think. Um, you know, they got a bounce and then and, and, and they pushed on from it. Last year, I think they were really disappointed with their outcome. You know, they, they, they didn't achieve what they what they thought they, could, or they were capable of achieving. So this year, a new man in, um, again, definitely a young squad. They're in a good place. They're in a good place, Carrick, to move on. They have a squad at a, at a young age developing. You know, I always think back to Matter Hamilton in 08, you know, a young team can win championships if they're if they're if they're energetic and full of full of full of business. Um, they can often upset a team that's established with their energy alone. I think Carrick are probably in that position where they have a lot of good young players coming through. Um, you know, I don't know Alan Flynn, but we all know Gene Bowen. And if Gene Bowen is around the camp, you know, there certainly will be a buoyancy around Carrick um this year. And and like you couldn't write them off. You can never write off an urban team that have um, their, you know, their sights set on something as regards, you know, their goals and targets set because they do have the numbers of players, they do have the volumes, and the volume of talent certainly is in Carrick. So, yeah, they'll be interesting because, you know, themselves and Fiend are probably the next team that you'd look at as kind of the, the team that are going to push up, and challenge. You know, I think Manor Hamilton are going to, going to struggle. Martin Green has a job on his hands in Manor Hamilton to, I suppose, you know, I know we're bouncing around teams, but you're looking at yeah. probably the. You know, well, let, let's try and keep some order on it because we'll forget one and then we'll be in trouble. Uh, let's look at the, the fourth semi-finalist from last year, Paul Pryor, his second year in Leitrim Gales. They made that breakthrough last year. They made the semi-final. They really put it up to Mughal in that semi-final. I think they were way more competitive than people expected to be, despite having that six-point margin at the end. Um, will they make that breakthrough or would another semi-final spot really kind of solidify their position at the top table in, the, in senior football in the county? Well, I think, and 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 obviously, you're you're a Leitrim Gales man yourself, but like Leitrim Gales have come on a very steady curve. Like, there's been no flash in the pan here. You know, Leitrim Gales, for just we discussed it last year when they were formed as a club and where they are now. 
um, there's been a drastic, you know, um, change in their fortunes over the over the period of time. Uh, Leitrim Gales have come steadily. You know, they haven't come in a mad rush and then disappeared. They've been coming steadily through intermediate for years. You know, really grinding out and uh, where they are now. So they've they've become a very solid senior outfit. Um, I know we played them back in 2016, the manner in the league up in Leitrim, Leitrim Gales, and even their transition from where they were then, six, seven years, six years ago to where they are now, um, they're in contention, Breffney. I don't think they're capable of winning the championship just yet. Um, maybe that's a very broad statement, but I think just, just yet, it's probably too early. So I think, I think another semi-final for them, another, maybe even a final, you know, an, another year of that growth, um, and and patience, I suppose, for them to keep developing, you know, to compete with the top teams, the Mohals and the likes, you know, the the, the Ballinamores, who were very established over a long period of time. Leitrim Gales are there, but, you know, the, their quality is very good, but is it going to win a senior championship yet? I'm just not sure. Yeah, the quarterfinals from last year, we had Ahu Willen beaten at that stage by St. Mary's. They'll be uh, looked after this year. You mentioned Martin Green, their manager last year is now with Manor, this season as part of the, the Fermanagh takeover, I think four clubs with Fermanagh, uh, originally Fermanagh-based managers, uh, but I will, and they'll be, uh, Cahill Murphy will be over them this year. Uh, interesting to see what they bring to the table. I just run through the semi, the quarterfinals last year. Gortletra, uh, their season ended pretty poorly in the end, uh, decimated by Mohol in the quarterfinal. They look at Paddy Dow will be in the, the line for them, uh, while Fina, Joe Fina, obviously uh, getting married in a week or two. Congratulations to Joe on that. But they've gone for a, an in-house manager this year. Uh, Ray Tubman will be over the Fina side this season. Uh, another side that possibly, you, you touched on it earlier, but might be in there or thereabouts when we're talking about championship finalists or, or championship winners later on in the year. And then your own Manor Hamilton, Glencar Manor, uh, Martin Green and Kevin Cassidy with him. And not the Donegal Kevin Cassidy, the Fermanagh Kevin Cassidy. Um, they, they're coming in from across the, the border there in Fermanagh too. So uh, all change there at the quarterfinal stage for, for all those sides. You might as well throw in Melvin Gales there too. James Phelan, obviously, he's he's gone. They survived in that relegation playoff last year. And uh, Matthew Keenan, another Fermanagh-based uh, manager, he's coming into that side. So uh, a lot of new faces in that middle ground in the senior championship this year. Yeah, I just, I, I, I suppose I can speak for Manor Hamilton to a degree. And um, like they've been, I suppose, at the ascendancy of Championship for, for maybe 15 years now in Leitrim. Um, they're probably on a little bit of a taper at the moment. Martin Martin Green is probably in at the right time to give it a give it a, a new injection of of enthusiasm and so on and so forth. Funny, we're out there at my father's um, memorial tournament at the weekend, and you know you see the Manor Hamilton on the 13 side, and you see it's under 15 side, and you see you know their 17s. You know they do have plenty coming, but it's a little bit away yet. And I think there's a gap there at the moment. You know, the old stalwarts, the McDonald's and the Darren Sweeney's and you know, the James Clancy's are finished now. But, you know, the stalwarts um, are, 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 are going to give it everything they can, obviously. Um, but I think they've lost too many at this, this stage. You know, they've lost too many players, you know, to, to retirement and to, you know, stepping away from it. So... The transition is going to be a little bit slower from Manor Hamilton back to, I think, you know, real championship contenders. Yeah, they'll be knocking about. Nobody will want to see them in a championship game, you know, especially in a knockout game. You know, they have know-how. They have guile. Uh, Martin Green will bring a little bit more to them. Um, it's interesting to see how it will go. I think it's going okay at the minute out there. Chatham at the weekend, they're happy enough with how it's developing. So, again, you know, will they be winning the more than Leitrim, Leitrim Gales? I don't think they'll win the championship. I don't think they'll be, you know, but can they be around 
buzzing around the semi-final absolutely of course they can yeah the final team in the senior championship this year Drumahair uh, they still hold on to their championship winning manager from last year someone you'll know quite well from around the centre of excellence out there in, in Sligo uh, Porek Clancy um, made a big impact in, in Drumahair last year they were very impressive on route to that intermediate championship can they make an impression in the senior championship can they make that step up do they have the players do they have the structures well they do they're, they're getting there like Porek Clancy is salt of the earth guy um, you know and he brought that he brought that He's a very, very likable character, and he brought that with him um, to Drummer here last year. And I think he got a huge response from that, from his personality alone. Um, never mind his, his his football prowess. So, I think Drummer here, yeah, they're not going to win a senior championship. You know, for Drummer here to be competitive and stay in senior championship this year would be would be a good testament to where they're developing. Um, obviously, the Martin Feeney and there's lots of guys coming, but I think you know they are young and they they are they're again they're fresh. You know, they're 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 full of energy. Um, big numbers playing, so they've all the right ingredients now to try and 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 keep building, you know, and keep going. But like from a realistic point of view, if they got to a quarter final of a championship or semi final of a championship, it'd be an astounding you know step for them coming from intermediate last year. So, you know, I think Drummer Hare would, would be very happy to you know maintain their senior status in championship, um, possibly get to a knockout stage. Um, would be a big achievement for them. That's that's been realistic for them. Um, are they good enough to win a senior championship? No, not yet. Um, for lots, for all the all the obvious reasons of experience and you know depth and all that kind of stuff. But the only way you get that is experience is by playing at that level. So yeah, Drummer Hare's story last year was a great story. Um, Drummer Hare have been pretenders a long, long time, and they've been coming around and you know a lot of a lot of good friends. And, and, and I know that my brother-in-law Camillus won't be thanking me for the for, for putting them down a little bit, but you know. They've been they've been they've been in the doldrums really for a long long time and they, and they need this and from here probably you know are probably punching a little bit above their weight at the minute but I think they're well capable of keeping going doing that with like Safari Clancy involved. Yeah, moving down towards the intermediate grade, I suppose Balnaglair beat the finalists last year, having only won one game in the group. They almost they scraped in, I think, on on points difference or or head-to-head results effectively uh, into the quarterfinals, but then they just went on a absolute tear. They beat through, I think they, they beat Kiltrubber, surprisingly to anyone who was outside the group in the semi-final, they've progressed. They got beaten in the end by that drummer hair side, but they've kept their manager, JPK, and he's back for another year. Um, can, can we see a bit more of a, less of a Jekyll and Hyde situation from them? Hard to know. Um, like Ban traditionally have been awful hard to beat. Um, you know, from from my day of playing against them, in in my younger years of playing intermediate football against them, like it was a horrible place to go to play football in the sense that, like you never like Frankie Reynolds and the guys at the time they haven't changed. They're a dogged dogged outfit, and they and they they work. They have a real um, they have a real rural approach to their to their mindset and and to how they play the game. You know, they they never say die. It's a never say die approach. You know, it's a Sometimes you might meet a team, you know, that mightn't be as um, as committed that you could get get put away. You won't put Balnavier away, and that was that's what showed last year for them. You know, where they where they bounced and they just you know they they wouldn't let it go, and then that's kind of and JP Kane, the consistency of management is important for the like of Balnavier. You know, to stay to stay on the same path for a while is important. I think a lot of clubs who are struggling, you know, imagine manager are struggling. A lot of t- they they tend to change managers too often. You know, they go for one year at a time and it's no it's no good really. You know, you really need a you know, a steady progression and 
something that can build over a period of time. I think that's what everybody's looking for in, in their management structures is trying to get guys who are willing to commit to a, a longer term kind of a building project rather than a, a one off hit because the one off hit doesn't really develop much. Um, it might get a job done sometimes, rarely, but it might, but it won't develop a long term strategy for a club and, and you know, a longevity for the club. So you're looking for Banaglera from JP Kempen there again. That's good. That's a good sign. When I see a manager staying for a second term. It means that, you know, things are developing and that, uh, you know, he's there obviously to win this year now, but, you know, there's a progression and, and, and that's good. Yeah, looking at some of the other names, a lot of familiar faces to anyone who followed the championship last year in that grade. Uh, Joe Cox is back in Anna Duff. Neighbours, Borna Kula have Seamus Mallon with them. Um, Drum Kieran, they have Richard McTiernan back in the hot seat. Kieran McTague, Nathan Dockery, that ticket is back in Kiltobard, while Malgokian will be over Drum Riley next year. Some of the ones that are changing, though, Octa Sheelan, they'll have Terence Reynolds over them. Uh, well known to anyone over in Carrie Gallon direction. I know he's a teacher over there. I think he might even be the principal over in, in Carrie Gallon uh, Vocational School. Uh, Farrell McKeown, uh, he's a new name also to the Alan Gales Club in terms of uh, uh, he's replaced Martin McGowan there. So very little change really across the rest of the Intermediate Championship. Uh, your thoughts on that? Does it, does it benefit you being that second or third year manager into a competition like that? It does, of course. And I think there's a, there's a clear picture developing here for a lot of clubs where they're going with their own their own people as as managers. I think that's that's a very progressive thing for Leitrim football. Um overall, it's fine bringing guys in from outside, no problem. That's the way the game is nowadays. You know, you bring in expertise to do different things here and there. But I think the the general trend here there's an awful lot of Leitrim guys managing their own clubs now. And these guys I and to be fair, an awful lot of the names are so familiar because I would have played against all these fellas. You know, so to have that volume of lads looking after their own clubs in the county is very good because I think that's where really the growth comes from. It comes from within, you know, that when you're, when you're that amount of um, level of expertise around your clubs where you have guys good enough to do their, their adult managers jobs within their own clubs, that's what every club really is trying to aspire to. You know, if you want any club, if you ask any club, they'll try and they'll, they'll, they'll tell you that we'd love to have our own man in charge, but we don't have anybody at the minute. You know, and I think yeah. for these clubs to have all these managers internally is brilliant. You know, you're kind of, I think it's 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 very progressive for them. A big miss one, that's of course Liam Higgins, uh, the Esland man, will be over Avas in the intermediate championship this year. He replaces uh, Fintan McBrien and uh, uh, Fintan him, his brother-in-law. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Uh, I'll get shot for that. But uh, the two of them were on the ticket last year. So Liam Higgins comes in there as well. Obviously, better known maybe as an Esland uh, supporter in the intermediate. Um, or the sorry, the junior championship, of course, Mull promoted into intermediate last year, and Carrie Gallon dropped down into that uh, third tier. So Paul Marley will be over them this year, and he's joined in that grade by other first teams. Uh, Clune, Aidan Rudden from Templeport, just outside Ballyconnell in in Cavan, there, and um, he will be joining him uh, in Clune, and then Adrian Adrian McCaffrey will be over Eslin his second year in the role there as well. And the final club that we have to, to mention is uh, Glen Farn, of course. Aidy McCallion uh, takes his second um, season of this spell. He's had a couple of spells with the club now, uh, well associated with Glen Farn over the last few years. But he has uh, pulled off some nice, impressive performances in the Spring League this year. Of course, nobody really from the Glen Farn side uh, directly involved. On, uh, with the county side, so they've had a full deck to deal or to deal from for the last couple of weeks, uh, but they had a nice win, uh, a couple of nice wins in the champ in the spring league so far. They'll be looking to build up momentum and, and carry it forward. And 
they got very close last year to that junior championship. They got to the final, and they'll be looking to go and, and win that this year. And I suppose without a second team from all in there, it might be a little bit more open for them. It might be, and, and there's another point in that too, Brett. You actually have to mention there. It's an obvious point, but it's a point that's well made. Is that I know we said earlier on, and it's not a contradiction per se. Like teams that are de- dealing with their full deck at the moment of players are making huge strides because they're months ahead of the other teams. So I know there's grades and difference between senior and junior, but Glen Farren and these teams aren't interested in that as they don't care. What they're dealing with is they're dealing with their competition and they're getting a lot of, a lot of work done with their full panel at the moment. Um, so that's a big plus for the teams in junior level where they might not have as much involvement at inter-county level as regards, you know, their adult players and maybe under 20s. So there's a big plus for those teams, in my opinion, with those, you know, development leagues where they're getting full games because most teams look at development leagues as, as just development leagues. Um, and they're, they're really kind of um, treading water till the rest of the panel comes back into play. And, you know, then players will drop back down grades. And this is generally what happens in these development leagues. You have guys from intermediate coming up and playing senior, and you have guys from junior up playing, playing, you know, and then all of a sudden then that dynamic changes when the players come back from the county setups and then players go back down. But for the teams in junior, um, they're at their grade. You know, so they're not dropping down anywhere. So they're they're all at it full tilt. And I think that's something that kind of gives those teams a little bit of a head start this year. So, uh, yeah, they'll all be glad to see the back of Mohol. You know, again, go back to the discussion with Danny Beck last year. Mohol have enough players probably to run five five adult teams at the minute. You know, there's so many players. So, yeah, look, I think, I think again, given the buoyancy of this year, given the restructuring of this year, Breffney, given the new managements and a lot of them internal managers, you know, in the clubs. I think it's going to be a great year for club football. I think I think football needs, uh, sorry, society needs a lift. And football, you're saying to me, they're not been involved. Not been involved is great because it means I can go and watch games morning, noon and night all over the place um, at free will and, and, and go on. And it's just great because I think there's a buoyancy around the place this year for, for sport. People just want to, you know, they're mad for it. And thank yeah. God, fingers crossed, COVID has, has left us and that we're now in a position to you know, to kind of go on and have a full season. So I think, yeah, I think a lot of clubs are going to be buoyed this year. There's going to be a lot of buoyancy around, around club championships, um, a lot of expectation. Uh, again, I'm looking at the big ones again. We didn't discuss them much, the likes of Ahawal and the senior level. You know, they're looking at their county players now that are performing very well for them. You know, they just said that was their missing link for the last couple of years, the performance level of their top players. Now they've them going well. You know, they're back in the mix. You know, there's lots... There's lots of pressure on the bigger, bigger two or three teams at, at all grades to perform, you know. And I think this year, you know, with the buoyancy around, there could be an opportunity for anybody to come in um, and, and and cause upsets. Absolutely, I think uh, you touched on it there about people wanting to get back out and the great desire and hunger to get to games. Of course, that's going to hopefully happen all through the summer um, in Park Sean and far beyond as as teams line up to play games. I'm not quite sure the detail. We'll, we'll bring it to your information as soon as we get it in terms of how the structure is going to work in terms of homes and away, home and away games, whether it's back to neutral venues now that we have access to do that uh, with COVID regulations being lifted. But I think people are mad to get out to games and that starts on Sunday, of course, with that big game. Elitrim taking the trip to Pierce Stadium to take on Galway in the Connacht Senior Football Championship semi-final. And we're all think, crossing everything, fingers, toes, arms, legs, the whole shebang that we'll get a result. We can all stop and knock on the way as well. 
<laughs> we, have, we have a little prey on the way. Aiden is, is sitting, on, sitting very firmly on the or aspirational rather than expectational. But at the same time, we put our, all our support behind the lads and cheer them on on Sunday. So uh, hopefully we'll see you over in Pierce Stadium on Sunday cheering on the lads. For most this week, that's been it. We'll be back every week from here to the end of the club season later in the year. Hopefully your club will be involved right up to the county final day. There's plenty of football to be played between now and then. Aiden, thanks for joining me. We'll be chatting to you through the season. Thanks, Brefney. Very enjoyable. Thank you.